this is Kara Foster, Senior Minister of First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ in Madisonville, Kentucky. You're listening to our sermon podcast. You can connect with us at firstchristianmadisonville.org or join us in person at 8.30 and 11 a.m. at 10.30 College Drive in beautiful Madisonville, Kentucky. I hope you'll subscribe. Thanks. We have a few more weeks of some of our favorite stories of Jesus. And then I'm going to begin talking about some of the important Christian spiritual practices that are good to have on our walk with Christ. But this morning's passage is really very short, just two verses. And it has to do with Jesus relating to children. And I invite you to read along with me this morning in Matthew 19, beginning in verse 13. It says, Then little children were being brought to him in order that he might lay his hands on them and pray. The disciples spoke sternly to those who brought them. But Jesus said, Let the little children come to me and do not stop them, for it is to such as these that the kingdom of heaven belongs. And he laid his hands on them and went on his way. Well, we know the song, Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world. This one's easy, right? We get it. Jesus was pro-kid. Seems so obvious, seems so clear to us, Jesus liked kids. We put this scripture on our nursery walls, we stitch it on pillows. I've even seen little figurines of Jesus playing football with the kids, like he's everyone's favorite uncle. We know Jesus loved children. Let the little children come. First of all, what a blessing it is to be a part of a congregation who understands what a joy it is to have kids in the room, all shapes and sizes, kids that cry, kids that wiggle, kids that laugh and clap, children that come running down to the children's moment holding their big brother's hand. What a gift it is, church. One thing I am particularly mindful as we commit ourselves to this new capital project to update our heating and air system today is that we do this for our future. For the kids who right now are being carried in into church, the ones who run and play in our halls as they grow in faith here, we do this for our future. But it's important to also take note here. Something I am proud of of this congregation is that I think this church understands that the children and the youth of our church are not just the church of the future. They're also a vital part of the church today. They have gifts to share. They have ways to serve. They can be leaders and preachers. And what a blessing it is to have all ages be a part of God's church. The scripture says that little children were being brought to him in order that he might lay his hands on them and pray. The disciples spoke sternly to those who brought them. This is what I imagine. Get out of here, kid. Get out of here. Jesus does not have time for the likes of you. Now we might consider the disciples here are thinking that Jesus is too special to mess with somebody else's kid, but the truth is 
Their attitudes in this time were quite typical of their time and place. In fact, last week, if you remember, when we talked about the Samaritan woman at the well and the conversation Jesus has with her, the disciples were disturbed when they saw that he was talking to her. And here it is, the same sort of sentiment. Jesus is a holy man. Those kids, nobody's. And that might sound crude, but it's true. Kids were nobodies. In a time and place where the line between living and dying was so thin, in a time where probably most children did not survive out of infancy, add to that the challenge of a hungry family, another mouth to feed, life was hard. Children had no rights. In an absolutely patriarchal society, where men ruled the day, where rich were given the best seats at the table while the servants and the slaves and the kids would not be at the table. <coughs> kids were at the end of the line. Know your place, kids. Did, you know, did anybody's family growing up have a kid's table at the holidays? Mine, mine did. And I, at first I thought it was so cool because we could have our own little card table set up down the hallway towards the kitchen. And I thought, this is fabulous. We're all a little group. And then I realized as I got older that I've been set up because all the juicy conversations were happening in the dining room. And I didn't want to sit with my little cousin anymore. The kids were to be seen and not heard. They were not around the table. At Jesus' time and place, the kids were nobodies. And the disciples are moving these kids out of the way because to them, they did not deserve to be around such a dignified, holy man like Jesus. Kids were nobodies. Why? Because kids are powerless. And as much as we like to think the opposite has happened today, that think of all the little kings and queens of family of kids you know today, but the truth is so many children, so many children in our world and in our community are vulnerable. Kids don't have power. They don't pay taxes. They can't vote. They can't hire lobbyists. They don't organize for unions. They don't have a say over anything in their lives. They don't make decisions about the schools they go to. They are dependent upon the adults around them to make choices for them about their education, the food they eat, to go to church or not go to church, the medical care they receive, whether their house has electricity or running water, where they go and who they spend their time with. Kids are powerless. You know, the year I spent at the School of Social Work before I went to seminary, I worked on a grant-funded program to help foster children process the reality of their parents' parental rights being terminated. And sadly, there would be no reunion with parents, and the very sad reality is that for most, if not all, of the kids, they would be spending the rest of their childhood in the system under care. And I was assigned to help these kids process the reality of that information. And I was assigned 
to six kids, that six siblings, that were in two different foster homes. The three oldest girls were in one home, and the other younger three were in a different home. And the oldest three girls were living with a woman who had been a foster parent for decades. And they had been living with her for about three to four years. And I still remember this clearly 23 years later. I had gone to the house to have a conversation with the oldest of the six. And she was probably about 13 or 14. And I had a little workbook that I was, it was my job to go through this workbook with her as we talked about things. And we were sitting in the family room on the couch and her foster mother came in and said, um, could you get a hold of our, their caseworker? I've, I've been trying to get a hold of her and I uh, need you to pass on something to, for me. And I said, sure. And she said, these girls are getting too old. I told them when I accepted taking them that I did not do teenagers and they're getting too old for me and school starts in about a month and we're going to need to make a change. And I was 23 at the time and I was naively stunned first by her sentiment that they're getting too old to be here, I don't do teenagers but also particularly horrified that she had just said this right in front of the oldest daughter sitting on the couch beside me. And after she walked out of the room, I turned to her and I said, I'm really sorry that you had to hear that. And I still remember what she said. I don't care, doesn't matter. I didn't hear anything I didn't already know. Nobody's. The disciples didn't want the kids getting Jesus' attention because to associate with someone was to recognize them as your equal. That's why people were always getting mad at Jesus for the company he kept. They critiqued him for eating dinner with sinners. And children were nothing and nobody. When Jesus says, let the children come, what he's really saying, is let the nobodies come. Let the powerless come to me, for the kingdom of God belongs to them. It belongs to them. You know, I saw an old clip of Mr. Rogers being interviewed by Oprah. We forget that Mr. Rogers was a minister. He was an ordained Presbyterian minister. And in the interview, Oprah asked Mr. Rogers, what he thought the biggest mistake parents make in parenting. And he said, not to remember your own childhood. You know what it is to be vulnerable, to be dependent, to get scared of things, to be unsure of yourself, to be forced to learn in new situations. Jesus refused to forget them. In fact, in the upside-down kingdom of God that Jesus is constantly talking about in the Gospels, where he says, the last shall be first. His most famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, what does he say? You are grieving, you are persecuted, you are hated, you are poor, you are hungry. Blessed are you, for yours 
yours is the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is for the nobodies, the ones who've been knocked down, the ones who've been passed over and left out, the ones who've been told they don't belong and aren't welcome, the rejected, the lost, the hungry, the scared, the hurting, the powerless, the nobodies. The kingdom of God belongs to them. Let them come, Jesus says. Let them come. And I think of all the messages that our kids are inundated with every single day. That they are what they look like. That they are what they can buy. That they are what people say they are. They're inundated with messages about their worth that is based on if you are smart enough, pretty enough, athletic enough, rich enough, good enough. And church, I pray, I pray that here, of all places, that what they hear is that they are enough. That the only description that has any say about any of our lives is follower of Jesus Christ, fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God, because there are no such things as nobodies to Jesus. And I know we are such a long way from first century Palestine. I know we think that we have changed our ways and learned a few things over the years, but like the disciples, we know they're still pecking orders. We know there are still haves and have-nots, and all too often we like to think we know who deserves to get to be near Jesus and who should be pushed aside. You know, Jesus once said, when you throw a party, don't invite your friends or your neighbors, the ones who can pay you back, but invite the poor and the lame and blind. Why? Because they don't have power. They're ones who are used to eating their meal back in the kitchen out back because they were not welcome at the table. They are the people who can't pay you back. They are the people who can't return the favor. Nobody's. Let the little children come to me, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to them. You know, I've still got a picture that I've kept all these years of those six kids I worked with that summer. In the picture, we're at Cherokee Park in Louisville. They're sitting on a picnic table. They're holding Cokes that I had brought them. Uh, they got their arms around each other, some of them, and the youngest is sitting on the lap of the oldest. It was a good day. A rare day, actually, that they, all six, would get to be together. How did they ever make it through? How did they make it through? Lord, have mercy. The kingdom of heaven belongs to the kids that grow up in the system. The kingdom of heaven belongs to the ones who think nobody loves them. The kingdom of heaven belongs to the kids walking out of school on Fridays at West Broadway with a backpack blessing of food on their backs. The kingdom of heaven belongs to the teenager 
who isn't sure she wants to live to see tomorrow. So we want to be a follower of Jesus. If we want to know Jesus, then one of the things we have to do is to go where he goes and love who he loves. And so this week, I thought I would give us all a homework assignment. So here's your homework assignment, church. It's a simple thing, really, but I want you to take a moment to think about it in your life. This week, I want you to be sure to hug a nobody. Now, please don't be smart and turn and hug your husband and say, there, I did it, I took care of it, Pastor Kara, check mark. No, 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 not that simple. Take a moment to think about what that might look like in your life. Maybe this week you choose to spend time with someone who won't pay you back. Do something kind for someone who might particularly right now in their life feel especially lost and alone. What can you do to help them know they aren't forgotten? Or maybe you decide to sit down on the floor, even if you're not sure you're going to be able to get back up again. You just sit right there on the floor and have a tea party with one of God's beloved. Or when you watch the evening news tonight, watch that news and ask yourself, who would Jesus say the nobodies are right now? Because we know the song, right? Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world. Now we have to live it. Amen.